Our point of reference this morning will come from Isaiah. I think we'll have it on the screen. Chapter number 30. If you have your uh, electronic device or your good old reliable Holy Bible with you in printed form, I'll be reading out of the NIV. And uh, I will be speaking uh, from that text from Isaiah 30. Verse 12, 13, and 14. And I pray that your heart will be attuned to the things of God. May I ask a tiny favor before I read this text. Uh, Please be sure that uh, we do not have disturbances this morning. People getting up, moving around, that kind of thing. I mean, the restroom, that's okay, but... (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely okay, a thousand percent. But uh, but l- let's do our best to be attentive all the way. I don't know that if there's a baby in the crowd anywhere. I have no clue. But if there's a baby in the crowd and it begins to cry, I would love for whoever may be holding that precious child to uh, uh, just take it to the nursery or whatever uh, at that time. You don't need to go now. It's not important. I'm not trying to be mean, but I would like to tell you from my heart that I'm interested in the closest of attention today and not having any type of hindrance to what I'll be speaking on. The title of the word today from the Bible that I'll be preaching on is The Disappearing Hedge. The Disappearing Hedge. Our scripture will come from uh, Isaiah 30 and verse number 12. I'll start reading there now. Therefore, this is what the Holy One of Israel says. Because you have rejected this message. Now, this is God. Look here. This is God talking to Israel. Everybody got that? Say amen. God talking to his people. He said, because you have rejected this message and relied on the oppression or on oppression and dependent and depended on deceit, this sin will become for you like a high wall cracked and bulging. It collapses suddenly in an instant. It will break in pieces like pottery and shattered so mercilessly that among its pieces not a fragment will be found for taking coals from the hearth or scooping water out of a cistern. And this is a clear and unique word that God had for his people in the Old Testament. To begin with today, I'm going to ask you to be patient. I will not preach necessarily, but I will give a lively lecture. Is that diplomatic? Yeah, I mean, you can smile. I mean, you're not going to go to hell if you do. Okay, you you can smile. All right. It's it's just a matter that, that I have something in my spirit. There's a word in our society today called Islam. The word Islam means submit. That's what it means. And Islam is a religion that calls for their God, by the way, not ours, but their God, and his name is Allah. And they are not Christian in doctrine, neither in practice. They're not. They consider Christians to be infidels who do not believe in God. People who do so are people who say, if you're an infidel in their Bible called the Quran, that you should be put to death. That is in their, quote, holy Bible of theirs. Now, I want to tell everybody here that Their Bible is different from ours. 
radically so. Their book has no Jesus Christ as Messiah in it. His name is mentioned, but just briefly. Uh, Jesus' name is mentioned in their book, the Quran, but not as deity, uh, not as redeemer, not as virgin born, not as dead, buried, and raised again, and ascended to the heavens. Not that at all. Just a historical figure. There are many different factions of Islamic people. Muslims are known as Islamic. And uh, some of the factions include the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, Hezbollah, the Sunnis, the Shiites, and many, many, many other groups in the Muslim faith. How many of you have heard some of those words in the news in your life? Could I see your hand? You have. Their names are out there on newscasts every day, almost somewhere. These factions... Uh, in Islam war among themselves they fight each other they kill each other and they're trying to establish a dominance and it's called submission you submit to us or you will die that's their doctrine there are other sectarian groups of Islam that uh, submit to this same type thing the common ground among Islamic religion is hatred for the free world and death to people who are not in their religion. The law that they have is called Sharia law. And I uh, want to tell you that I've taught on that here in the past a long time ago and haven't done it on, in years, but time will not allow me to go any further with that. That's their law. In the medical world and in the scientific world today, there's a great amount of data that's gathered and put together in order to make a certain point on a given subject, uh, such as uh, the scientist's mind will say, let's research this. And as we research and research, we can come up and continue to test and observe and collect data so we can eventually be sure that what we're saying is true. How many of you understand that? You know that that's what they do. That's the reason we have medicine today. That's the reason we have chemotherapy and heart medicine and other medicines because they have studied. They put the data together. They, they did scientific study. And they worked and worked and worked and have made, thank God, for the medical profession, this world have a longer life. And I praise God for that. I have collected some unusual data myself, and today I believe that God has directed this. And the Bible repeatedly says if you have an ear, you need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. That's what the Bible says about itself. If you have an ear to hear, then listen to the data. Listen to the research. Hear what it is saying. In September the 11th of 2001, 2001, everything changed. How many of you were alive then? May I see your hand? Everything changed, literally. May I tell you that not only did New York City, Washington, D.C., and different parts of the world about 21 years ago literally changed. Everybody in the world did. It was that big of an event. Uh, the world situation changed. The international community changed. The policies of governments changed all over the world. Not just one, not just here, but all over the entire world. I want you to know, whether you believe it or not, God still has everything in control. God still knows what He's doing. And our government today, 21 years later, continues preparing everybody for a long and projected season of difficulty, and that happens all the time. They keep telling us that we're in uncharted water. They keep telling us that this is a new kind of war that we're facing. They keep telling us that, uh, that they're going to do all they can to help us and to do all they can to make it better for all of us. 
But I want you to make certain today that we're not only ready for battle with an evil force in this world, we also have to battle because we're all headed to eternity in a rapid way. We're headed to the rapture of the church. We're headed to the coming of Jesus Christ. We're on our way to that. I strongly suggest that you keep that in mind and get ready to meet God. There is a way to do that. You see, Bible prophecy has just accelerated in the past few years faster than ever in history. Don't be deceived by your television, by social media, by news networks, the Internet, and by what an old-timer from the 1500s named Nostradamus may have said a long time ago. Nostradamus, why, who was he? He was a man in the 1500s that made predictions. Somebody said, oh, Nostradamus said this, that, or the other. That's okay. He was not a man of God. He was not a Christian. He was not a believer. Uh, He also told things, but there's no record of him ever being inspired by the Holy Ghost. Remember that Satan has a counterfeit for everything that God has. There's nothing that God has that the devil is not going to counterfeit. That's a rule. That's, that, that's the way it is. And if you're caught up into what Nostradamus might say, then successfully Satan has already pulled you away from the real prophecies of the Bible and the things of God. I'm trying to hold myself back right now. I'm wanting to do a little kicking here. You see, it's the real Word of God that we need today. I'm tired of all the new. I'm not tired of new trends. I'm not tired of new songs. I'm not tired of new blessings. I'm not tired of that. I'm tired of the way the world is trying to kick the church of the living God in the seat of the pants and telling us that we're wrong when all of a sudden they think they have something better than the Son of the living God. Y'all are missing good places to holler amen. Could it be, could it be that what happened on 9-11 is because there was a hedge around this country for many years, and on that day, that hedge began to lower and drop? What in the world could you say that for, Brother Johnson? Not since World War, the War, the war of 1812, has there been an attack on a foreign power in the continental United States? Not since 1812. Can you imagine that? Nobody ever attacked uh, or made an attack on this nation from the outside. It has been about 200 years ago since our capital, uh, years ago, along with other cities, uh, uh, literally came uh, uh, rising up and, and gradually growing and growing and growing and increasing and then After all of that time, about 180 years later, uh, at at about 20 or 21 years ago, uh, there was a destructive thing that happened in our world caused and precipitated by some people of the Muslim or the Islamic State. This was not something born-again believers, spirit-filled Pentecostals, Baptists, Methodists, Episcopals, Presbyterians, Independence, all of that kind of it had anything to do with those people. It had something to do with one group of people in the world. They're called Islamic people, and they were headset on bringing the, quote, great Satan called the United States Satan to be brought down and ended forever. Now, the data that is being collected today that I will give you in a few moments suggests that the goal of radical Islam is to destroy the United States and to plunge it into such chaos as to make another attack that would cause so much confusion that the next attack would overthrow the entire system. The first thing that goes through your mind right now is that can't happen. It's been tried before. Hang on and buckle your seatbelt. We're going to hit turbulent air for a few minutes. The chemical and bio-warfare The nuclear propaganda and all designed things are here in the world today to make you want to run and hide and put your head in the sand. But we're Christian. We're saved by the blood. We're going to heaven. There's still a God. 
And we're not going to succumb or bow down to anything in the world because we have been washed in the blood by the Savior of the world. His name is still Jesus Christ, the Son of God. There was not, uh, this was not an act of a few people who wanted the media attention in that day. That was not their goal. They were not looking for media attention. It was not some symbolic attack against our economic and military people. It was not symbolism. What you saw 21 years ago was a phase one of a plan to destroy this nation eternally and get it off of the map where it would never exist again. That was just phase one. You may as well get ready because there will be something coming in our future. And if you believe the Bible, you'll believe what I'm saying right now. And that's the truth. It, uh, th this was a deal of, of agents from some Arab, uh, Arabic states that are going to make good on their years of threats to tumble our country. Most people in the Arabic states are well-schooled to believe that the United States is Satan. Uh, Libya over there in the Mideast. And then the Saddam Hussein, who is no longer in the world, and the Islamic Jihad and the Arafats who were in power in those days and in that movement were all attempting to fulfill a long-standing vow to bring America down. And it was all in the name of one individual. And that one individual was an individual called Allah. Not God Jehovah, Allah. Everybody say amen. But don't you believe that? They're just kind of one and the same but a different concept? Absolutely not. Not on your life. Not one ounce. Not one-tenth of one ounce. God had a son, and his son is Jesus. Allah never had a kid. Come on, rock with me for a minute, okay? God had a son, and his name is Jesus, and Allah never did that. You see, these attacks are going to continue in one form or another all over the world, and especially in countries like America who will ally with Israel. And there we go. Somebody say amen. That's what's going on if we ally with Israel. You see, at, the, at that time, the attack of bin Laden said, America will never have peace as long as Israel occupies the land where it is today. They're going to try to destroy Israel. They're going to work with Iran they're going to work with all those countries in that part of the world. And the goal, listen to me, the goal, thank you for being patient with me today. I have things to tell you. I've got things to go into, so stay with me. They say that, that Israel does not belong to Israel. It's theirs. They have no business there, and their goal is annihilation. And if we ally with Israel, then that's where they're going. They're going after anybody who believes in Israel. Now, I want to tell you today that what he is saying is that Israel has no right to exist. It, it, it must be done away with, all of it, all the way, and no Israel in the world. i got some bad news for those folks. That's God's people. God started that crowd. Amen. Don't let me hurt your feelings. You weren't in it. Sorry, Charlie. You weren't in it. You were not a part of it. <laughs> Uh, but when Jesus came to his own and they received him not, God let, God let it down. And then he said, okay, whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life. And God grafted you into that body in the name of Jesus. And we have a God today who's on our side. How many of you know that? Say amen. Well, I'm beginning to fill my Cheerios and I've got to back down because I've got a lot to say. Watch this, if you will. The purpose of these attacks... And the ones in the past and future attacks will be a direct attempt to make sure that any part of the world not under Islamic rule will be exterminated. I don't know if you know it or not, but you're on an extermination list. That's what you're on right now. Yep, you and your country house or your house in town or wherever you may be, you're on that list to be exterminated uh, because we do not believe in Allah. We believe in God Jehovah. Israel, for sure, and I pray America, will never come under Islamic law. Would you agree? <clears throat> In the 1970s, American television brought live pictures into our homes 
that show uh, and reveal rogue Islamic, Islamic people burning our flag in foreign countries. Y'all remember that? Let me see your hand. Anybody remember that? They were burning our flag in foreign countries. Well, <laughs> why? Listen to this. They were placing our people in jail. They were executing our people in their soil. And they were shouting death to Israel and death to America. That's what they were doing. And America sat back and said, those people are out of their mind. I don't know why they could believe like that. that. That is exactly what they're doing. And by the way, not in my notes now, but I will tell you that our missionaries in the world, in the Mideast right now, are living within a half an inch, in some cases, of the Islamic revolution. They're living there, and we have had our preachers in Indonesia had their lives taken. The pastor's wives have been killed. They've killed our preachers. And there's something going on in the world. And if you think that Islam is quiet right now, it all means that you have listened to too much news about COVID and China and Russia, and you've let something major slip your mind. And that major thing is that Islam is well, and they're out there, and they still have a goal to bring this nation and Israel to the dirt. And as I read in the text a while ago, to make the wall fall fast and crumble and never be able to uh, come back. Generations of Muslims have been taught, sacrifice your life, commit suicide, die in brutal attacks on anything that is not Islamic, and you call it jihad, which is holy war. And now that deceased bin Laden is no longer here, his right-hand man and thousands of Muslim youth are ready to die for their cause. It happens all the time. Only a few short years ago, uh, a couple of men from the Islamic State went into Garland, Texas, from way on the West Coast, and came there armed. And, and they were having some kind of deal in Garland in, a, in, a, in an event, and they showed up on the parking lot. The officers were notified, and these, uh, these Islamic State people were going to go in and commit mass murder right here in Garland, Texas, and thank God for the Garland PD they had one officer that was so skilled that with his pistol from 30 yards away took both of those guys out in headshots, and I'm glad that our people didn't die that day. Oh, come on. Amen. I'm glad our people didn't die that day. You see, uh, old, uh, Ben Laden and his successors say that the young people in America want to live so uh, so we want you to kill them and bring the great Satan down to the ground. And if you don't believe that, it was on Cable News Network. And by the way, if you listen to Cable News Network, you might ought to reconsider all of their baloney. And there's a Greek word for that spelled B-U-L-L-O-N-Y, baloney. All right. If you disagree, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Just smile at me a little bit. All right. Okay. Now, the United States is still a world power. We're a superpower. We really are. It, it has a vast arsenal. We do. We have weapons. Uh, we have nuclear weapons. We have conventional weapons. We have satellite-guided and heat-seeker missiles. We have cluster bombs. We have night vision technology. We have cruise missiles. We have a variety of secret weapons that the public does not know about. Somebody said, well, how do you know that? Because I know people that are friends of mine who have studied in high areas and have been military people for up to 30 years. And they were in conspicuous places. And they have said in private and looked me in my eyeballs and said, the American public does not even really know what all we have in our arsenal. That's the reason that sometimes when we think, well, if we're going to have nuclear war, uh, they're leaving me with the idea that we've got something that would be worse than nuclear war nowadays. You see, we have a rapid deployment force in our world. They're called Navy SEALs and U.S. Army and the Marine Corps. How many of you are glad for the military? Give them a good hand right now. Give them a great big hand. And we have nuclear submarines and supersonic aircraft. We have aircraft carriers. We have 30,000 agents that are working as spies right now all over the globe in the world, undercover, watching out for the well and the well-being of the United States of America. We spend over $30 billion a year to assemble information that is vital to the nation as we continue to exist. 
I hope I'm not going too fast. I know I'm throwing stuff at you big. But uh, I, if when church is over, you want a copy of this, call the office. They'll run you a, they'll run you a copy and email it to you if you want it. Okay. Uh, we have even more uh, things that we could talk about. But let me tell you that we have the ability to stop a lot of attacks. But on September the 11th, everybody look at me now close because I've got something to tell you that's not been uh, told before. On September the 11th, these men did not have sophisticated weapons. They did not ha- have hand grenades. They didn't have an automatic pistol. They did not have a Glock 40 with a 30-round uh, magazine. They didn't have an AR. They didn't have that. They didn't have any of that. They killed pilots without sophisticated weapons. They killed babies. They killed flight attendants. They killed men. They killed women. They didn't have a rifle or tear gas or an explosive. They didn't have anything that would hit the heart of our military. All they had in their hand, all they had in their hand is one of these right here. That's a box knife. That is nothing more than the average stocking person at the stocking place at Walmart or your grocery store carries on his side. No bomb, no hand grenade, nothing except a blade one inch long. And they went into airports with no hand grenades, no bombs, nothing. And here's what they did. We were humbled that day in America because 19 radicals walked in and did this with nothing more than a little bladed knife that you could put in your pocket right here. When our forefathers carried this nation and got it going, listen to me carefully. It's going to get rich right now. When they carried us out of the wilderness in the northeast, they made a covenant with God Almighty. And they had, for the glory of God, they said that this nation would advance in Christian faith. For 150 years, our Supreme Court ruled again and again and again that this is a Christian nation. And one famous ruling, I like you, keep clapping, amen, for one For one famous ruling, in one of those justices wrote from the Supreme Court, our laws and institutions must be based and embodied on the teaching of the Redeemer, talking about Christ. This is a religious people, and this is a Christian nation, quote, from the Supreme Court in the past. God bless those guys. I'm very heartbroken today to tell you, that it's hard to find Supreme Court justices now who still believe that. I'm, I'm very disappointed now that we don't have every one of them baptized in the Holy Ghost. Come on and say amen. Card-carrying believers that live and walk in Jesus Christ. I would to God today that this would be the hour that we could pray a revival upon this nation like we have never prayed before and have a move of God. God promised in His Word that He would set a hedge around his covenant people. I read it a while ago. He said, I'll put a hedge around you. And hedges are given for protective walls. In ancient cities, they were protected by walls. There is no way for cities in the Bible times to be kept safe without a wall of some sort. It would be high, it would be armed, and it would be very well kept. And over the past history, God has kept or shielded this country with a divine protection up until that time. How many of you would agree with that? Has God not done that? Amen. Has God not responded to us? Why, Brother Johnson? Because we are believers. We are Christians. Say amen. Now look at me. I'm going to hurt your feelings maybe. I don't want to. I do not want to hurt your feelings. But if you're a dilly-dally Christian and you're hither and thither and you're in and out, and you show up one time every two years, DOA, dead on arrival. If you show up on Easter and think you made a mark with God, if you give a generous love offering to a charitable donation and think you're getting points with God, let me tell you, honey, you're deceived. You don't cut deals with God. If you're a Christian, you're going to be one all the way. I'm missing some hand claps right here. I'm missing some. I need somebody to help me a little bit. If you do it the other way, don't count yourself in on the blessing. If you do it the other way, don't count yourself in on the power of an almighty God.
I want everybody to hear me today. I'm loving you, and I'm loving you a lot. But God has protected us. The hedge that has kept us during the wars, the economic disaster, the civil unrest, and the global conflicts. In Zechariah, God's prophet said to his people that God would build a wall of fire about us, and his glory would be in the midst of that. In Isaiah 4, verse 6, God said, And I will be a shadow from the heat. I will place a refuge and covert around you. That's a high place for shelter from the storms and from the rain. In Deuteronomy 33:29, it said, The righteous are a people that shall be shielded of the Lord, and they shall stand beside the Lord's excellent sword. We shall tread upon high places of our enemies. That's what God said about the righteous. I wonder why we're not doing it today. Look at me. The hedge is being lowered gradually and slowly. Hang on to your seats. It's going to get wild in the next five minutes. These previous scriptures that I've just read to you and quoted in part are a clear picture of God protecting the righteous. When the United States of America was in its infancy, we were, we were no match for the British in that war when, when we came over here for freedom. We had 13 little colonies. They were called the 13 colonies. We didn't have power. We didn't have anything. And in the middle of all of that, would you listen to this? 13 little colonies. We, sur- we survived the attacks of superior forces. We survived the War of 1812. was a horrible thing. We survived the Civil War. We won World War I and World War II uh, on those different fronts, and we emerged triumphant. And we did not fail in the Vietnam War. And, and, and while we were here pulling for our soldiers, we had people in our streets burning our flag and cursing and shouting death to America. And we even survived that. Aren't you glad God helped us? Aren't you glad God helped us? Aren't you glad God helped us? Well, somebody said, Preacher, I don't agree with you. It's okay. I'm the one preaching. Okay. Amen. Have a meeting after church about that if you want to. I, I, can, I can withstand that all right. We have survived only by the grace of God and a loving Savior named Jesus Christ. We don't have a shield other than that. That is our shield. Our military power could be brought down and our nation stopped with one of these. But we got God. Shout hallelujah. Somebody say out loud, we've got God. Mm. Until now, God has been reluctant to allow our nation to fall. He's been reluctant to let our sins that we've sown totally take us out. Listen to your pastoral staff. This nation needs to turn back to God. We have strayed. We have strayed. Forgive my bluntness. We are straying. We have done it, and we still are. Rise in the name of Jesus. And say, this is my day for a revival. This is my day to wake up my kids 52 Sundays a year and roll them precious babies out and dress them and bring them to the house of God. This is a day for me to teach my kids that there's a God in heaven. This is a day for me to teach the right kind of education even at home. This is a day to take our families and say, we're not going to go to hell We're going to go to heaven. And the only way to go to heaven is through the body of Jesus and the power of a living God that operates in the Spirit-filled church on the face of the earth. Somebody roll with the tide this morning. I'm telling you, God is on the throne. We have slipped. We have slipped drastically. And I want you to know that in our straying that God still helped us. Somebody said, well, where have we strayed? 69 million abortions since Roe versus Wade. Our airways that come into our house are polluted with profanity and pornography. I'm waiting on you now. Amen. Uh, This world has endorsed and promoted sexual perversion until the individual states are now permitted to have same-sex marriages. And a guy running for the governor of the state of Texas said the other day just very clearly that he's in favor of you marrying anybody or anything you want. That's what he said. And I want you to understand this. If they keep going, they're going to try it. Mark my word. This past week, look at me, this past week, on your news channel, in this city, 
uh, on uh, the, the, of September 2022, the Idaho State Board of Education recommended. I, I wrote it down right here. You can research it. They wrote down, uh, and, and I wrote it down, and here's what they said. In conjunction with their sex education in the school classes of Idaho, that the, they are now recommending, their school board is recommending to the children to be able to watch pornographic movies with their parents so they will have a better understanding of what their sexuality is all about. That was passed just last week in Idaho. Somebody said, Brother Johnson, you're being too bold. It's a mixed crowd. You shouldn't talk like that in mixed crowds. Let me tell you, I'm tired of namby-bamby preaching. I'm tired of a cruise boat preaching. I'm tired of everything else. I'm tired of this crowd that doesn't want to stand up for righteousness. I'm tired of this crowd that wants to crater to everything in the world. And it's time that America could start rebuilding a hedge that will protect us again. Come on, body of Jesus, and God's power would be upon us in this world one more time. Well, i got to get going. i got a little bit more to go. Will you all hang with me? If you ain't going to, tell me, and I'll shut her down at any minute. But you hadn't heard it yet. 65,000 brand new cases. Latest research. New stuff. 65,000 brand new cases of sexually transmitted diseases every year in the population in the United States of America for people under 25 years old. The young people. 65,000 new cases in young people under 25. One million teenage pregnancies every year. A million a year. We have declared war on the Bible in this nation. We have forbid prayer and commencement exercises in ball games. We want people to pray at a ball game now and not address God or any other thing. Just get up and say, O oh, essence of the cosmic, would you please hear us today? Ladies and gentlemen, his name is not essence of the cosmic. His name is God Jehovah. He's alive. He's never been dead. He's, he doesn't have COVID. He doesn't have the swine flu or the Russian flu. He's not in the bed with heart disease. He's alive, God. He's on the throne. His son's name is Jesus. He's going to rapture a church out of here. And I recommend the body of Jesus get a Holy Ghost revival and roll with the power of a living God. Well, amen. Now we don't have the Ten Commandments in the courtroom or the classroom. No longer, <laughs> not long ago, listen to this Broadway show. I got documentation. Broadway show was put on in New York City. Instead of portraying Jesus Christ as King of the Jews, it portrayed Jesus Christ. Please don't have an election and vote me out when I tell you this. And I'm going to quote it. It pronounced Jesus Christ in the Broadway play as the king of the homosexual crowd. And they called it the, the play called The King of the Queers. Uh, uh, please hear me today. I just want you to understand it. While we're in the middle of everything that's going on, our nation is needing help. Our nation's needing God. Jesus is King of the Jews. Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is Savior. Jesus will save you from hell. Jesus will protect you. Jesus is still Jesus. Amen. You can call Him Yeshua. You can call Him Adonai. You can call him all the Hebrew names you want. You can go anywhere you like. I don't mind a bit. Uh, you know, you, you, somebody texts me, they wouldn't even say, you know, Jesus bless you. They put another name in there out of the original somewhere. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I, I still believe in Jesus. How about you? And he's my Savior, my Lord, and my God. And so let's understand that. I, I want you to hear that. Uh, that particular bit of, uh, of uh, news came from a prophecy preacher. Uh, that's a friend of mine. He's an expert. And his name is John Parrish, and you can find him on the Internet. Now, preachers who call this nation to repentance have been reviled, they've been mocked, and they've been ridiculed. Pastors who preach that sin has a payday will also have been regarded as fanatics and radicals. Well, count me in. Cancel me. Floop-de-doo. Cancel me. I don't mind being canceled. 
Amen. Tell me that I can't go to Walmart anymore. You know what I'll do? I'll get to Church of God Jerk and say, Hallelujah. Glory. Everybody say Amen. I just want you to know that, that when, listen to this, in 1998, David Wilkerson, one of the most respected men of God in the world, who's deceased now from a car wreck, was laughed to scorn in 1998 when he stood up in public and on television preaching the Word and said that he had a vision of a thousand fires burning in New York City's financial district. In 1998, he said, God showed me that in a vision. They laughed him to scorn. They made fun of him. And after the 9-11 tax, only about three or, or so years later, let me point out something to you. I wonder what they thought then. There might just be something about this God thing that makes sense for a change. There just may be something about you raising your kids in church. There may just be something about you going to the house of God. There may just be something about you living for Jesus like you're supposed to. There's one clear explanation that I came up with. The hedge, the wall has been protecting us for a long time. But you listen to me, that wall is disappearing. That hedge is going down. Somebody said, how do you know? I read it to you on that screen. Therefore, this is what the Holy One says to His righteous people. Because you have rejected this message, relied upon oppression and depended on deceit, this sin will become for you like a high wall that's cracked and bulging, that collapses suddenly in an instant and breaks into pieces and is shattered and mercilessly falls to the ground. And I'm convinced today that that is what's happening in our society. We know God. I'm near, I'm, I'm, as the country preacher says, I'm gnarly done. I'm a country preacher says that, gnarly done. <laughs> we know God has placed a hedge around nations and people in the past. Somebody say, how do you know that? Because uh, i got a book in my study called The Bible. I don't jump into it, okay? It's pretty clear. When Job's hedge disappeared and the agony began, his peace and prosperity left him. Somebody said, well, people in America are struggling more financially than ever before. His peace and prosperity left him when the hedge was lowered. I wonder what all could occur if our hedge in America is removed because of our rejections of biblical principles in the Word of God. You know what I think I'd do? Is just flopping into a chair on a Wednesday and say, well, you know, I put in a few hours today. I think I'm going to skip tonight. I think I'd get my kids in some of these classes. we got going on some of the best teachers in America, educated, smart, full of the Holy Ghost teachers all over this place around here. I think it'd be worth it for me to bring them to church. I, I know. Just think it, but don't tell me, okay? Most of us remember what we were doing when 9-11 took place. How many of y'all remember what you were doing? I remember I was hanging sheetrock in my, in my living room. I remember that very well. You know what happened on that day? You ready for some startling news? Maybe you didn't know this. Maybe you did. Four passenger planes weighing 200,000 pounds apiece were loaded with 170,000 pounds of jet fuel, they had our economic and military institutions at the soul. Look here. And they did it with that. They did it with that. Can you imagine how embarrassing it would be to have all that we have and 19 people take one of these and bring this nation to its knees. Our hedge is being lowered. Those 19 men with a box cutter did what Hitler, Stalin, Ayatollah, Khomeini, Castro, and Saddam Hussein couldn't do. 
They tried and failed. And 19 of them got together with one of them and just about sunk us. On one day, somebody said, well, Brother Johnson, it's not that big of a deal. Look, let me give you some history. You ready? Y'all want me to quit? I, 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 I really, I, I promise you, I, I, can, I, can, I can see the stack is getting thinner up here, okay? That, on that one day, the entire airline system in this nation and the world closed down. Just like that. Plane, put them on the ground. Put them on the dirt. Everywhere. Unload them. That day. The stock market locked its doors. That day. San Francisco closed its schools. The International Monetary System shut down. And the World Bank closed down. That day. Somebody said, it's not even real. It's real. Our hedge is being lowered. I know it's heavy. But I think it's time to preach it again. Florida shut down all of its universities. Transamerica building shut, shut down. Golden Gate Bridge shut down. Major League Baseball. The World Series is going on. I remember the World Series. It was going on. They shut down. They shut her down. Hollywood pulled its movies from the, uh, from the screens, especially those that had a terroristic theme. And one day, New York City ordered 30,000 body bags. Thank God we didn't need them, all of them. And one day, the World Trade Center, housing 150 world's most foremost international corporations, employed 50,000 people, lay in a heap of rub rubbish and rubble and smoke and melted glass. 4,000 people nearly passed away. In one day, two aircraft carriers and five destroyers came and stopped outside Washington, D.C. and New York City, not heading to the Mideast, but just to protect those two cities on the East Coast. Look at me. Are you ready for the startling reality? Look. It all happened in one day. That's it. There's a breach in the wall. And America needs a revival. Isaiah 47, 8. Now then, listen, you wanting creatures lounging in your security and saying to yourself, I'm here. And there's none else beside me. I'm an American. I have my rights. I'm good. I will never be a widow or suffer a loss of children. I'm reading out of the Bible. Okay. It's Isaiah 48, 47 to verse 8. If you want to go there, it's there. I'm just going to read it to you. Verse number 9 says, Both of these will overtake you in a moment, in a single day. In a single day. Loss of children and widowhood, they will come upon you in full measure in spite of your many sorceries. That's dealing with uh, witchcraft, demonology, astrology, reading your horoscope. You got it? Anybody with me say amen? My amens are dying out on me. I, I'm needing at least a little bit of help to push this thing to the finish line. But, but that, that's what it says. And it says your potent spells where you try to cast demon spirits on people and things like that. Verse 11 says in Isaiah 47, Disaster will come upon you and you will not know how to conjure your way away from it. And a calamity will fall upon you and you cannot ward it off with a ransom or pay your way out of it. A catastrophe you cannot foresee will suddenly come upon you. That's what God said when the righteousness is gone. Does America need to be a righteous nation? Let, let's just find out. Let's just take a good vote by an amen. You think we ought to be a righteous nation or not? Well, give God some praise right there. Just, just come on and do it. Deuteronomy 28, the Bible names the blessing of living in the will of God and the curse of moving outside the leadership of God. Leviticus chapter 26, verse number 14 says... If you break my covenant and disobey me, verse 16 says, I will appoint terror over you. Can I ask you, is our hedge disappearing around this nation? 
Stalin, the former dictator of the Soviet Union, said America is healthy. It's a healthy body. It has a threefold resistance. It is patriotic to their country. It is moral and spiritual. Stalin said that about America. And then he says if we can undermine those three things to make them non-patriotic, non-moral, and non-spiritual, he said we don't have to conquer them. They'll collapse from within. And look what we have now. Amen. All right. The leaders of Islam have announced holy war. Everybody knows that. Their quotes are endless. I won't go with any further with that. There's a worldwide war going on. We've talked about it for years. You know about how many Christians are being slain. We've talked about it from behind our pulpit. Our own missionaries are being killed overseas. Louis Farragon, head of the Nation of Islam here, I, I used to use his name many times. He visited Iran and Iraq and Sudan and other hardline Muslim countries, and I'm going to quote him right now. He said, O Washington, O America, you shall pay well for your evil. There is a God, Allah, on the scene who is anxious to destroy you and push you to your death now. And that's what they believe. Since then, he said, God, Allah, will not give you, will not give other nations the honor of bringing down America. He said, only Allah will bestow that upon the Islamic and, and Muslim people. That's what they believe. All right, here we go. Five and a half million of those people live in our nation right now. And I want to tell you that all of them are not radicalized. Come on, everybody say amen. If I'm telling the truth, say amen. They're not all. Okay. And, I, and, and one of them had a store right up there and died. And I preached his funeral. And I prayed for him in Baylor Hospital when he was dying with a heart attack. And he wept and cried while I prayed for him in Jesus' name. Come on, there's a God. Come on, there's a God. But for years and years, we've had our ships blown up. We've had hotels. We've had United States embassies. We've had it on and on and radical followers in at least 40 different nations. This has happened. But let me tell you now what God has done. Are you ready? God has given us time. God has given us time. God has given us time. He's given you time. He's given you time to walk in holiness. He's given you time to stand. They say this for me and my house will serve the Lord. He's given you time to get sin out of your house. He's given you time to stand in the presence of God and repent and tell Him you love Him and you're going to walk in Him. He's given you time to say, Lord, I beg for forgiveness and with the blood, cover me now and I'll make everything right and I'll walk with you to save this nation. God has given us time. Aren't you glad we're not cut off right now? Come on and praise God for that. Aren't you glad that He's given us time now? He's given us time to repent. And, and just, just to give the, the little proof about the data. You know, early when I started about the, the uh, they do research and find out stuff, you know, then they document it. How many of y'all remember my first paragraph? Do you or not? Okay, i just check it. Right. And so, so let me tell you what I put together the data just briefly. October the 15th, 1989, a huge pro-abortion rally took place in San Francisco. Two days later, a 7.2 earthquake hit the area. The fifth most powerful in 100 years shook the entire World Series stadium as well. Two days after the first big gay or pro-abortion rally. Watch this. April 1992, Los Angeles was the scene of the worst riots since the Civil War. Are you ready? <laughs> In June of 1992, one morning, the Gay Pride Day, four earthquakes, the ninth most powerful in the 20th century, rocked entire Southern California. 
on June the 17th of 1994, the date of the great Northwich earthquake in California, $50 billion in damage. That was the 21st anniversary of Roe versus Wade. The day. On March 1994, 200 people were arrested in Birmingham, Alabama for praying in a public thoroughfare on a street. 200 people were out there praying. Two days later, the worst tornadoes that hit Birmingham and headed northeast, leaving billions of dollars in damage and death and destruction went everywhere. Two days later, did I put together some data? August the 2nd, 1995, tropical storm Aaron tore through central Florida, went into the Gulf, gaining strength, and turned and went back across Florida, leveling the entire everything in its path. The same day, that was the largest uh, abortion organization in the United States, got $190 million from the President of the United States of America. $190 million were given to them, and bang. Startling, isn't it? Does anybody know that I'm preaching the truth to you today? March 1st, 1997, Bill Clinton signed into law a bill that gave $385 million to 100 foreign countries to fund their abortions because they could not put up with it. They didn't have the money. So $385 million of your dollars from Bill Clinton went to foreign countries so they could abort their babies. You ready for this? The next day, a string of tornadoes fired up in Texas and went through Arkansas, Mississippi, and Kentucky and left widespread destruction and loss of life. January the 21st of 1999, Gail Bumpers, senator in Arkansas, stood in the Senate floor and mockingly took the name of Jesus as a joke during the presidential impeachment. And listen to this. And for the next few hours... After that, 38 tornadoes hit that state. And then in September 11 of 2001, the worst yet had ever happened. God is trying to get us to realize that the hedge is disappearing. On the stage, up yonder. Is it up there yet? Right up here on the screen? I think we got it. Tell me when it's up there. If my people... Which are called by my name... Will humble themselves and pray... And seek my face. And does it say in turn? Does it say it? Look at me, people. It's not enough. If you say, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. You've got to turn. You've got to be willing. And turn. Then will I hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sins. And I will heal their land. way past time to leave, I guess. I tried to beat 12 o'clock. I got so many tears in my eyes, I can't see my watch. Did I make it? I made it. Okay. I had to race that clock to do this. I hope it's okay with you that, that I will I want some of you men and women of God Get yourself up and walk down here and just pray before you go home. 
That's why I want, I want some men and women of God to just get up. Come on. Just come on, just get up and come down here. Oh, Brother Johnson, I'm not used to that. Well, good. Get up and come down here and pray. I'm not going to ask you to join the church. I don't have anything like that going on. The hedge is leaving us. If you can't stand very long, you don't. You can be seated. It's fine. 